I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What up, Shoes? What was the highlight of Peter Rosenberg's wedding? Oh, God. There was, there was too many. I felt like I was at a grown-ass bar mitzvah, man. It was so much fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, getting to uh, getting to kick it with a lot of the homies that I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, it was uh, a good crew. Get, it was a really good crew, really good wrestling crew, really good hip-hop crew. Uh, Flex being on the set was fire. Jim mm-hmm. Jones performing was fire. Yeah. Um, it was just a beautiful. It was a. It was a beautiful service, man. I told Pete this, and and I, and I tweeted it many times. By far the most fun wedding I've ever been to. Just a, just a fun, fun ass time. And uh, meeting MJF, which was nice, uh, even though he's still a dick. But <laughs> that was also great. That was also great. Now he's got to come on the show. We'll get him on the show soon. We got to get him on the show at, at some point. But like it, it, it warmed my heart that he was still a dickhead in real life i was like ah this is this is the experience i needed <laughs> good time so it was a, it was a great 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 wedding i had so much fun bro yeah it was a lot of fun um yeah i was there uh my wife formerly known as the valet dom was there she had a great time too yeah it was just a lot of fun it's nice to go out and we're up we're we're, we're suburban folks now so it was nice to have an right? excuse to go to the city and dance right Doesn't eat well <laughs> see good people that's Thanks like the night. Good. That's like the dream night, right? You go in, yes. you see a bunch of people you like, see some wrestlers. <laughs> oh, I, I, I feel like I checked off so many boxes from like uh, what used to be my social life, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like see a bunch of friends I don't see, see coworkers. I like I barely get to, to hang out with shoes. That's not at that's a true. wrestling sort of venue. So that was fun, and uh, you know, hang out with some some rappers I haven't seen in a while. Uh, I had a fun table I sat in. Uh, my table was. It was me, Amber Rose, Jim Jones, uh, Hip Hop Mike, Smoke Dizza, Emilio Sparks, um, Chanel, who's an incredible uh, PR person and did the PR for Wally Mania as well. Um, it was just a fun ass night, man. I couldn't. I couldn't. Dom, I couldn't my my wife told me on the way there. She made me promise not to not to point out anybody to her, right? Because she because <laughs> she thought I was gonna like 
you know, draw mm-hmm. attention to it, just make, you know, be silly. And she's like, I always know who everybody is 10 minutes before you. Like, I've already seen them all the time. Right. <laughs> okay. So I didn't tell her anybody. And at the end, she was just like, oh, that was Amber Rose. Yeah. Like she had spent the whole, <laughs> if she had spent the entire wedding with Amber Rose, who is just Amber Rose in all her glory, just wondering who this person was, right? right. And, and it right. wasn't until and she like, was, like, and she was wigged up too, so oh, like, like a you huge know. mane, yeah, bodysuit, so the whole thing, man. It was, it was definitely you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice it right away, and so it was like, oh shit, that is, you know what I mean? So yeah, it was Amber nice. Rose. Yeah, um, it was a wonderful night. We'll talk more about it. Let's start the show though. Yeah. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening, you're to, listening to, to You are listening to And you're listening, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you What's doing, up, man? Juice? Doing all right, man. Uh, I'm doing good, bro. How we about have yourself? two big ceremonies to celebrate today. One is uh, Peter and Natalie's wedding. Two uh, was the tribal two. court on Friday night. Uh, <laughs> Which I was also in town you, I was going to say, you went to the city twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go play the lottery now, man. It's rare. Uh, <laughs> <that> much. <laughs> um, yeah, so... The, uh, which one do you want to start with? Well, what are the? Is there any other notes on the wedding? Brian Waters, did you did you see any of the pictures online and have any questions about what was going on? <laughs> um, the wrestling Illuminati photo. I mean, should we, should, that was that a great about? photo, by the way. Let's let's go through let's go through some of the luminaries in this photo. Uh, we got uh, Kevin Patrick. We got the wrestling mm-hmm. for sale guy. Um, Ted, like wrestling for Ted. sale. Ted, that's his, he, has, he has a full name. Wrestling, my fault. For, wrestling sale, Ted. for sale. Ted, my bad. We got Kevin Patrick, uh, play, head play by player from Monday Night Raw. We got oh, he Charmel. was a sweet. It was the first time I met him. He oh, was, he dude, was so sweet. That motherfucker's smile just like lights up a room. I'm like, man, this guy is fucking likable. I like him. Uh, Zach Linder, great guy. Frank the Clown, uh, Andrew Goldstein, Booker T, Charmel, MJF, yourself, uh, Stat Guy Greg, Brian Maxwell, man. Uh, and that's just photo. Michael K snuck his way into a few photos. Um, and that's just a few of these photos that I, I'm still <laughs> getting back to this day. But uh, yeah, that was a dip. everybody. Dip, everybody dip, in that dip, photo. Dip was the dip gave a speech to the wedding, as one might expect, yes. and was he's sort of the he's like the very low key chair of the Illuminati, right? Oh, I mean, the, yeah. I mean, he's he's the he's he's the power broker pulling the strings behind the scenes. <laughs> Uh, Brian Dipperstein is was you know he had a yeah, hell of a, a he had a, a legendary roast poem that he well, I was about to I'm say, sure he'll it, talk it, more about it. It borderlined on poem slash like it, it was bars after a while. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, it went from like a, a very like heartwarming poem to oh no this this, this is this is a sixteen that he wrote <laughs> like, yeah. to celebrate uh, Pete and Nat. So which was which is extremely fitting with Funk Flex and Jim Jones in the building too. So oh gosh, it was, good it was so great. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, it was nice. I got to meet him, Jeff, for the first time. 
as as did you. Uh, yes. He's a very, uh, I should I can't say anything about him because I'd be breaking kayfabe to say it. When we were <laughs> going to take the picture, I was just like, are, are we going to get Max fired? And he was just like, please get me fired. <laughs> and then he made it very clear that that was a joke for all yes. the people listening. Yes, clearly. Um, or was it? I guess you got to stay in kayfabe and blur the lines a little bit. You'll um, never know. We'll never know just how much of a dick he is in real life. Or yeah. not. Yeah, we'll never know. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, Stack guy Greg and you know his wife are our favorites, so we hung out with them the whole night. And, uh, yeah, it's just at Crystals. Yeah, they're 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 just top notch folks. Love everybody there is man. good. Everybody there is good. So uh, it, was it was just a great good vibes wedding. in there, man. Like everybody, everybody in there was just super sweet. All the speeches were wonderful. Uh, Pete's brother Nick had a almost brought people tears to people's eyes and stuff. Like it was just. You know, and it, it speaks to just how 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 awesome a person Pete and and mm-hmm. Nat are, right? Oh. Like I've obviously known Pete for over a decade now, but Nat, I'm just That's meeting crazy. uh for you know we've we've kind of circled you know the wagons just being in media or whatever, but I never yeah. really got to know Nat until very recently. And man, I'm just so happy for Pete because she's such a wonderful human being, and I've never seen the guy more happier. Uh, more set in life, and it's just you know, man, it's it's one of those things that you go and you see, and seeing your friends being there for some of your friends' happiest moments, like mm-hmm. brings a level of happiness out of yourself as well that you oh, don't God, even yeah. fucking don't even know it's there. And uh, man, it was just it was great, man. It was it was a really good night, and you know had some had some wonderful uh, ciphers with some legends as well that I'll never speak on as well. Ooh. <laughs> but Ooh. you know we all we all found our little corners. I think, uh, gosh, I'm not gonna mention other names, but um, I'll just say I'll just say this, man. Uh, everybody in there, from Greg Yuna, uh, famed jeweler as well. Uh, Caleb Braxton was up in there. As well, uh, the whole Hot 97 team, Ebro, Laura Styles, Cast One, Shawnee Culture. Um, man, it, it, it was just really a, a great time, man. I'm just so happy for Pete and that. And I love love, man. Who doesn't love a beautiful wedding from two awesome people that are also extremely creative and I know. I don't do I don't want to make it is it it was it was inc- it was just incredibly love filled and heartwarming and you know and, and not not for nothing like we're older folks now mm-hmm. and sometimes the weddings of people in our demographic are a little bit more well perfunctory yeah it's like yeah because <laughs> we've been living together for a decade or like you know it's like we have you know it's you just already have it all set up it's nice to have a moment like that where it feels like the love is just like so real and so thick and that was beautiful, so man. fresh love anyway love it. uh i'm sure cheap eat this week will have a lot more updates on the behind the scenes of the wedding uh, I don't doubt it, man. I'll be, I'll be listening to it with bells on. Can't wait for it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all the reels and the content, like just liking everything and sharing everything. And so, yeah, man, I can't wait to see what they got to say because it was, it was a really fun time, man. Congrats to Pete in that. It was incredible. incredible. Uh, one of the first times that we ever hung out at a, in a party situation, me and Rosenberg was at a WrestleMania after party where he was DJing. This is again, this is nearly a decade ago. Maybe it uh, was this Atlanta. Know. No, I wasn't in Atlanta. I don't remember where it was. Was it Atlanta or Orlando? One of those cities. Uh, but I, but it might have been Orlando. Okay. But we were we were at the you know generic hotel reception hall or whatever, and it was a one night WrestleMania. So all the talent was there, and me and Dip, 
And maybe I think Greg was there too. We're just sort of hiding behind Peter because none of us were invited, you know, but we were just like, <laughs> we're, we're here to, ca- this is, you know, how much things have changed. Like we're here sure. to carry Peter's like amplifier, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I got the box of vinyl, you know, yeah. just trying to look like nobody. And the highlight of that night was that they got Rikishi up off out of you know off uh, up, up out of his table, and he did like the the too the, cool the too cool dance. Nice. He was very, <laughs> and I was like, that told Peter that was the only thing that would have made it better if they just brought out Rikishi for j- just for one minute on the dance floor. But the dance floor was like going the whole time, man. It was it was it was a good time. That was, that was one thing I was sure of. I was like, if there's anything I don't know about this wedding, I know that the music's going to be great. Oh, like yeah. I know it's going to be great DJs, and it was probably going to be a surprise performance and uh all those things happened and the dance floor was lit the whole night and i think yeah it, it was just it was a, a great a great time i think everybody's uh i think a lot of people were trying not to end up on the shade room <laughs> because mm-hmm. because of the people on the dance floor as well but uh it was really good man it was a good there were also time. like cameras like video cameras constantly circling the dance floor oh, and like yeah. potentially getting like there was no there was very little margin for error oh no at that reception you know if you were like on the if you were like over on the on the side like throwing up in the plant in the you know the the the, the plant pot or whatever oh head. yeah <laughs> that would be fair. that would be on instagram right now so Absolutely. you got to be careful um Anyway, great time. Great time had by all. Great time to, to uh, great way to spend a Saturday night. Friday night, you were there. Do you have any any behind the scenes notes from oh, SmackDown? Did you out, outside of being over there with B Waters uh, <laughs> and, and his crew in the, in, the, in the suite? That was nice. My only behind the scenes note that I had was how fucking long the Bloodline segment ran, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I. The, I mean, the show opening segment. Uh, the show the, opening segment, which I think, and don't quote me on this, is probably the longest opening segment in SmackDown history. Would would tapped out at close to forty minutes. Yeah, it was over. Minutes. It was forty. I mean, that might have been the longest. Roman might have had, or Jay might have had more screen time on an episode of SmackDown that did not involve like an Iron Man match. Has there been? I'm sure there's been like an like a forty minute match at some point in the history of SmackDown. Oh yeah, oh, but that yeah. that was a that was a record setting episode. That was a full on, and at, at some point it was going so long. I was like, oh okay, I see what they're doing. This is like their their Broadway sort of uh, exhibition, right? Like, we got the garden for a night telling this incredible story for the past several years. Let's just go full Broadway and just go all just drama uh, for the first hour, which I thought thought they were going to clear the whole hour. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, it went went a little long, so I think some matches that I thought was going to get more time uh, didn't, and uh, some moments Mm -hmm. that I thought was probably going to happen didn't. But other than that, uh, I still thought I wasn't sure. Me and Brian was talking about this before uh, the, the, we we turned the cameras on. I forget just how much of the story is pretty much better. It's better uh, received on TV because mm-hmm. Roman speaks so much, like without the microphone. So yeah. like there were moments in the garden where I, I, I'm like, I don't know if this is dragging or not. I don't know if it is. No, uh, I didn't feel like it was dragging on TV. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. it was long though. I mean, it was like you know what I heard. What's up? This is this is single source information. Take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. I heard that um, well, you know there were there were a lot of rumors that were true that Vince was going to be backstage. You know, is any yes. I think anytime they're up there in within driving distance of uh, of Connecticut for an episode of Raw or SmackDown or a pay per view, I think Vince is going to be there. It'd be interesting to see where they 
if they book their pay-per-views accordingly moving forward. But, <laughs> but um, what I was told was that, was that Heyman and Roman uh, didn't tell Vince anything about what they were going to do. Oh, word. <laughs> and didn't... So and nobody knew how long they were going to be out there. Now, maybe, you know, Triple H knew whoever, like, the you know, the original showrunner knew what the kind of the broad strokes of the plan was. But they knew if they talked, if they talked through anything, then it run it ran the risk of getting altered. And they got the faith and trust of the, of, you know, the creative team and everybody else. So all they knew, all anybody knew was that they were opening the show and closing the show. And. They went out there and they opened the show and they were like, let's just do this. Let's just yeah. give it, let's just give it all. And of course, by the time they left, they, 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 the show closer was necessary, right? There's no, no one's getting, no one's getting cut. Um, but yeah, they, they kept that all kind of under their hats. Everybody, the, everybody, the bloodline, the bloodline broadly defined, the real life bloodline. Not, I'm not just talking about the specifically referring to Roman and, and Solo. Solo. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, all those guys knew what they were going to do, but they, they, you know, kept it under wraps. It feels like a ask for permission and not forgiveness. Uh, Reverse. Ask for I mean, forgiveness, ask for forgiveness not permission. Not permission. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. For, no, for sure. I mean, that I think that's that's pretty clearly. With the, and listen, that's the you get to a certain point in pro wrestling, you hear this over and over again, where that's just sort of like your status quo. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that, I, you know, you probably don't you probably don't, you know, go off script, go that crazy pr very frequently. But like. I'm sure, like, every time, you know, John Cena reached a point. I'm sure, you know, Hulk Hogan reached a point. Ric Flair, whatever. All the, all the legends reach a point. Dusty Rhodes, certainly, reached a point where you just walk out and you're just like, I got this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one, you one time, a couple times out of 100, it'll just be something just special and different. And nobody was expecting that when they slapped you on the back and walked you, and walked you, to, walked you to the curtain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really, really amazing. Here's my question. Brian, yeah. you can get on this too. Because mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit of a window into the way that we read this whole story. When Roman put the necklace onto Jay, was there a part of you that thought there was that he was being serious? May I? I, I yeah. definitely I definitely did. Like there was definitely a part of me that was like, oh man, this is this is really happening because I don't know how, and I'm glad somebody sort of like put it together better for me on TikTok and the video. And I guess part of the promo was, you know, Roman saying, you're going to collect all of my worst moments and, you know, but to, to try and embarrass me and basically say, listen, like I did all these things because I had to, you know, and then I, I guess it hit better on TikTok because they spliced in all these like lowlights in Roman's career that made him say, well, he went from suffering succotash to like this incredibly, you know, well-layered character. And these are the reasons why he did it. So for, for a hot second, until he got on both knees, then I was like, oh man, cover your balls, Jay. Cover your balls, cover your balls, cover your balls. <laughs> like once he got down on the knee, I was like, oh shit, it was all right. Okay. I thought there was a, I thought he was going to, you know, because it was running so long, I thought he was going to you know, give him the lays or I forgot the actual, the crown or whatever it is and just walk out. You know what I mean? And then yep. it would have went into something, but nah, I definitely thought it was sincere. I thought, I thought what he said was actually some real shit and yeah. it explained his entire sort of heel run up until this point about mm -hmm. saying like, Hey man, like I already got five kids at home. You think it's easy for me to have to care about your kids too? And all this stuff. like, you was, you spin. He was spitting, so for a moment, it kind of made me feel like, all right, well, dude, you could you could have this shit. 
You know what I mean? I yeah. have these, you know, and and I always have this vision of Roman just being all alone with all the gold and yeah. really nothing around him. So that's why I thought it was going to. And I still think it probably can uh, get there some some point. But uh, what it's did you think? Of, well, Brian, you go first. I don't trust Roman in that sense. Yeah. So I think I'm more closer to there, but but keep going. Yeah, I felt that when he took everything off and how slow he was moving, if he would have like took a step towards the ropes, then maybe. But even then, I still felt like he would have did something to Jay. I just felt like he wasn't going to take getting pinned easily. And then adding all of that stuff in the video was just like an extra slap in the face. I figured he was going to get his receipt somehow. Yeah, I didn't trust it. I didn't. I didn't trust it. I mean, I don't. I think it was re- really well, well acted. I think there was. I mean, for, especially for him getting down on his knees. I mean, we all knew that at that point. I mean, I, but I think to me, it, we all knew at that point that he was. I just he wasn't going to bow. But to me, the necklace was a piece of the bow. It just seemed like he, I could imagine him saying, "You know, you want, dude, you want this. You want this championship match against somebody else. Like you can go have it. Go, go take whatever you want. Like I'm not trying. I'm not standing in your way of any of your glory. I'm." fucking exhausted you know i never quite bought it but that doesn't matter because i enjoyed it every step of the way like it was just like oh god it was just it was so compelling so profound and man you're right 40 minutes i mean this was their broadway show this was the i mean what uh, i just can't say enough good stuff about this episode is brought to you by ugg y'all know ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days well I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. I still believe in my heart of hearts, uh, once this whole thing is wrapped up, they truly want to, you know present this to the academy <laughs> like i really i really believe that this is this is wwe's attempt at really trying to get emmy consideration i think just consideration at this point would be a victory for not just wwe but pro wrestling and i thought going into as the as the segment was going on and on i'm thinking oh they're just going to take this is going to go a whole hour of no wrestling and just and just give us drama in the middle of New York City and be like, yo, we sold out the garden on a promo. And then like, here, Academy, tell me this is an Emmy-nominated stuff. You tell me what's selling out the garden yep. of us just talking, which, which I think is the galaxy brain idea behind all this eventually. You know what I mean? But um, 
Yeah, I thought it was really well done. I got to watch it back uh, uh, on TV later, and you're right. Like uh, th- that's that was my big thing. There were so many moments that I missed because you know we were we were up in the suite, and you can't really. I don't know if you got to put a lav mic on Roman or something like during <laughs> during these promos and feed it to the house because there was definitely a time where you know the the, the arena got silent or, or tried to get silent, so we could kind of hear what was being yelled uh, t- uh, towards each other. But, oh, man, yeah. it was really good. It was real. I mean, what the fuck hasn't been good with this storyline <laughs> right at this point? Like, I, it's, I don't know if I'm if I'm breaking new ground by saying, oh, a Bloodline segment was really well done at this point. Like, it's, it's, it's all been very fucking good. And it's all uh, been leading to what is probably going to be one of the final chapters in, in the story with, with Jay at SummerSlam. But... Well, we talked about this the other day. Yeah. And I'm still very, like, tied up and wondering about this. Mm-hmm. Like, are we really close to the end? Is it conceivable that we're close to the end? I don't think so. I think... I think uh, Solo is the real end game here, right? Like, I feel like every time something's happened, especially in the tag team match and... In this last uh, uh, episode of SmackDown, it always just feels like Solo's getting more of his big boy wings, right? Like, there's well, moments where, like, Roman has, like, a, se- a, a, a second of doubt where Solo kind of has to pick up the slack. Yeah, where, so, Solo is the Solo is, like, the true believer. Yes, yes. I almost feel like, I, and I hate to compare storylines of the past, but... I almost feel like in a very, very less condensed version, Solo is sort of playing the role of Batista in Evolution, right? Where, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, I guess obviously Hunter is Hunter. I mean, Hunter is Roman. Jay is Randy, or, or I guess Sammy would have been Randy in this point as being like the first person to sort of break out and challenge uh, the champion and, and do something. But I think in this case, since Jay's the first person to actually score a victory over Roman, he probably plays the role of Randy Orton. And, uh, you know, the thing that Batista and Solo sort of have in common is they were both the savages of the group. They were both the guys that were just, they were the heaters. And then, you know, eventually they both got honed into this very layered, very well uh, defined character. And uh, I think Solo is, Solo's at that point where Batista was, where he was just like tag teaming with Ric Flair and just like, absolutely having showcase moments every single time out. And, you know, who knows, man? Like, if I were to put some money down, if we had to do this in in 2023, if you had to pick a few people who would be your Royal Rumble favorites uh, going into next year, like, (laughs) wow. Like, at this point, right? Like, Solo, when Batista won the Royal Rumble and that was his launching pad, like, who's to say Solo doesn't go in there with all this heat and become the winner of the Royal Rumble uh, going into WrestleMania. And that's... Who, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? But um, that's why I don't think it's over yet. Because I still think the story of Solo is where... This is the, the, tough, really this is the, the toughest call for me. Yeah. I was actually talking to somebody about this at Peter Rosenberg's wedding. Mm-hmm. It was, and by the way, late in the night, somebody who remain unnamed <laughs> walked up to me and I think I, I think I was talking to Greg and somebody okay. walked up to us and said, hey, you guys talking about wrestling? And I was like, I'm going to be honest, dude. 
not talked about wrestling a single time tonight. Yeah, not in turn. I mean, obviously, it said like there is a wrestler, but I but it was wild. I was just like, I can't believe it. I haven't even like, you know. I tried. When, I tried very much so to not talk about wrestling until it was it was brought up to me yeah. by people but, who were mandamas. <laughs> but this is what we were talking about, and I think the solo thing is where your mileage may vary, and no one thinks that he's. I mean, no one has any questions about potential main eventer Solo Sokoa, right? I mean, he's he's got a huge career ahead of him, and and. WWE loves them. I mean, there's. it's hard to imagine somebody with fewer question marks attached to them, mm -hmm. right? But time, but the timeline thing is, is an issue. And I guess my question is, if the end game is him, is about Solo, and as a function of that, the, the, the fallout is, at the end of the storyline, Solo is a firmly ensconced main eventer, Mm -hmm. I mean, are we sure that we're not like talking about Royal Rumble 2025 with him? Maybe. Maybe. You know, I mean, like, it's, I'm just saying, like, it's one thing to get him into a main event, right? It's one thing to get the, to get a, a Roman Reigns solo Sokoa match, you know, like you got, like, like you got Batista Triple H or whatever. Mm hmm. But for so, but to do, but if you want to do it at a time where Solo can just roll out of there, being hundred percent ready to main event with other people, I mean that might be a little ways off. Uh, just in terms of his 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 resume, you know. I mean, goddamn, just less than a year ago, he was kind of on NXT, right? Like he wasn't mm -hmm. like he wasn't the most uh, you know the most most pushed person on that NXT roster. No, and you know now we're we're even having conversations if, he, if he's a, a legitimate made eventer. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but I just find him just more intriguing as the weeks go by because of everything that he's meant. He's, he's become the last line of defense for Roman, right? Like, and I feel like in most stables, when that heater and that muscle and that last line of defense is gone, then, you know, that person's ready to sort of set sail. And I think, you know, Solo has to earn his stripes as that guy for a minute. And then, uh, you know, uh, maybe the Batista comparison was a little unfair, but it's it's the closest thing I could think of just as far as somebody well, who went from literally, like, you know, before Batista was in evolution, he was a deacon and, mm -hmm. like, didn't speak and didn't know anything, you know what I mean? And before Solo was in the bloodline, he was, like, maybe the sixth most important person on NXT, you know? So now... He has no choice but to after leaving this. If he's not a main, if he's not a bona fide main eventer, something went wrong along the way from here. Mm -hmm. Is what I'm saying. You know, he's like a what Star Wars character am I not placing? He's the guy. He's like the guy that stands behind the guy who actually believes in the believes in the Sith or whatever more than the main bad guy, right? So like okay. when if if the main bad guy is like, you know has a little moment of hesitation and Solo is just going to be like, you're dead. Like I chop your head off. I'm in like, I, I, I'm not even like trying to take your job. Yeah. He's not, he's not trying to be the head of the table. He just is like the, like the Sith Lord of the bloodline. Yeah. Right. So he's like, so like what matters to him is that the bloodline remains pure and evil and whatever. The <laughs> bloodline remains pure. It sounds like I'm getting into some sketchy territory. He just <laughs> believes, he believes he just, he's like a religious fanatic, right? He was sent by the elders to make sure this, that everything was, went smooth. Yes. You know, that like the, that the, that the, the, the prophecy would be fulfilled. He's not waiting around for anybody's orders. 
You know, he's just doing what needs to be done. And I think that'll be where that that's that is really the interesting story uh, for him. I, I I just don't know if if it plays out where if we're if we're if we'd be aiming towards him in the main event. I think that much more likely. Honestly, I wonder if this thing isn't over. I mean, I think that uh, we talked about I think we said it last last time, uh, but but, you know, there's rumors the rumor from Meltzer and this is not sourced or whatever. I think this is more of just a common sense thing is that. Cody Roman two is still what they have their eyes on for WrestleMania next year. Mm-hmm. If that's true, then there's a really there is a certain sort of logic to just letting Jay versus Roman sort of being be the end of or you know be the beginning of the end for the Bloodline storyline, so that when Cody gets to you know gets his shot again, we're not worrying about anybody else. You know, there's just not there's not there's no there's no Bloodline Magnum Opus baggage. The people are just like, well, I thought Jimmy was going to be the main event at WrestleMania or like whatever. Right. I thought it was going to be solo. Like that's maybe, maybe that's it. I can but if, see that. But, it, but if it's Roman Jay, the interesting thing, here, here's the inter- most interesting thing about Jay, because it does look like we're going to get Jay versus Roman at WrestleMania. Um, I mean, at SummerSlam, sorry. Mm-hmm. I will say the most interesting thing about Jay Uso as a challenger to Roman Reigns is that like Roman's a company man, sure. But if he got to pick who he if if he if you told him you have to drop the belt in the next six months, the next whatever between now, WrestleMania is the, your last attempt to. It's like a reverse cash in. Mm-hmm. We got yeah, or he's like oh, my contract's up. Okay, you pick how you go out. You got to think Jay might be at the top of the list, right? If there's anybody in the company who he's going to be like, okay, I got to make my list of who I'm willing to lose to. Or who I'm, who I'd be, who I'd accept losing to? I mean, Jay would probably come ahead of a lot of folks who were like nominally ahead of him on the depth chart, right? Just because of their relationship. So, my own, my my hang up with Jay versus Roman as the as the main event at WrestleMania is more is is more based in is it, you know prior to saying this more based in logic than it is in passion. I love Jay versus Roman the storyline. I yeah. love main event jay the performer i think it's i there's but there's a level in which i'm just like yeah but i'm i'm just more comfortable with it being roman reigns versus just whoever fill in the blank main eventer because it's SummerSlam, right i mean it's this is the this run back brock or you know get cena out of retirement whatever right. and just like but in terms of like actual interest in the match you know uh, on paper, you would say uh, they did Cody versus Roman at at SummerSlam. You'd be like, well, Cody has a better chance than Jay of winning because Cody's a guy who WWE clearly bought into. But in terms of Roman, I don't know. Jay might win, man. Jay, <laughs> Jay might win, isn't? I mean, I I don't know. I, I and I also don't know the story that they're going to tell going forward. It's 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 incredibly interesting, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've recently started to wrap my brain around well if everybody just assumes roman's going to just hold the title into wrestlemania isn't that all the more reason to just fucking just pull the trigger on jay at SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. even for a night even for a night even if roman runs it back the next night and 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 wins it back on some yokozuna shit or some diesel shit right like i feel like they're they're tipping their hands so much and even though the story's been so good, even the obvious stuff has been done really well. 
doesn't it seem like the perfect time for a curveball? Mm-hmm. You got just around. You got you got just enough runway time to get to WrestleMania, to get to Survivor Series, to get to Royal Rumble, to still get Cody Roman at WrestleMania 40. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't know, man. Like I just feel like when it comes to Jay and the Bloodline story, it always was about Jay. Mm-hmm. Hell, it will always. It actually started at SummerSlam three yep. years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And you would find people way less upset if Jay was the guy to end this over Cody. Um, and you might find people way less upset. Not that you need to do stuff just to make people upset or or happy or not, but what's the what's if it comes down to what happens with Jay and Roman sort of to end that story, my only issue is where you kind of go from there because as much as I love seeing Jay as a world champion very, very soon, I mean, he has been going nonstop for these three years. And as much as Roman's been on top for three years, Jay's been the actual workhorse of these entire... Like, he's the yeah. one doing the, the the house shows. He's the one doing all the wrestling on the main events and, and Raws and SmackDowns and tag team matches and all that stuff. So people forget, like, when you become world champion, like, it's a whole new... And in kayfabe and in, in real life, like, it's a whole new set of responsibilities when you become that world champ that now you could argue that the work even starts even more. So I don't know if in real life it makes the most sense for Jay's body to, you know, become a champ and start running with that title, unless it's going to be a quick short reign or it's going to be some bullshit where, you know, it's a fast count or something like that. I don't know. Like, there's ways you could end SummerSlam with Jay Uso as the world champion and something sort of to do with the technicality or some bullshit uh, where he gets it reversed or whatever, but that also continues the storyline and maybe, you know, it ends at payback or something like that. But, you know, I, I just the fact that the fact that the next pay-per-view is called payback uh, is, is, is definitely an eye opener because it leaves the, it leaves the opportunity for something unexpected to happen or somebody is going to need to get that payback from whatever rolls out from SummerSlam. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard not... about this Bray Wyatt stuff? Wait, we got Bray Wyatt stuff to talk about? There's Bray Wyatt stuff to talk about, oh, apparently. God. I, I have literally not heard a single thing. <sighs> I mean, a, a, allegedly, I think I might have read the same report you read, but after um, SummerSlam, they're saying that he's probably going to uh, be the next in line uh, for for this bloodline story with Roman Reigns. Oh, really? That's what's being reported. I mean, it does kind of line up with uh, Roman's return and, you know, kicking the shit out of Bray Wyatt and, you know, winning the title at payback. And, you know, maybe it's a whole three-year sort of magnum opus where Bray gets to do what Bray does and tell these long, convoluted storylines about where he went or how he gone and the Fiend disappearing and coming back and three years later, all this type of shit. It kind of makes sense, but Thoughts on Bray, if if that's where they go after this, if this is it? Whew. Um, 
Well, <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, they, I was watching uh, my one of my favorite wrestlers, Karrion Cross, on SmackDown Friday. Thinking about uh, how... Well, you know, the, the the discourse about whether or not WWE dropped the ball with him or fill in the blank other returning star, you know, when Triple H took over creative. I, mean, I think in retrospect, that's a little overblown, obviously. And I think that playing the long game, this is how you build somebody, right? I mean, it's a, there, there's there, there are two elements to it. One is the, okay. the actual storytelling build of like uh, you get this win so that you can get that win so that you can get, you know, whatever you get into the main event picture. But there's also an element of comfortability. We talked about this when people kind of win the title in like a transitional or just short-termed or like shotgun sort of fashion. It's like, well, yeah, the point isn't that that guy's ready to take over the company. The point is like, so the next time that guy gets in the title picture, we will accept him as a main eventer, right? right. He's, you, right. You, get the, you get the little resume check. Um, But I do think that I mean, and, and when all those dudes were coming back, whenever you do a surprise return, you can't just shotgun every... I mean, it's just a matter of practicality. You can't shotgun everybody into the main event just because mm -hmm. they're making a surprising return. Mm -hmm. But there are some guys, and Cross might be in this category. Bray certainly is. There are some guys that just don't make a lot of sense doing whatever. <laughs> it's been rough for Bray, man. I, I almost think, think you, you give him no, you do him no favors if you if you shoot him right back into that. You do on the one hand, no I, I listen. I'll accept that line of argument, mm -hmm. but I do think that there's a that there's a, a case that that's the best use of him. And as a separate case, you can say, well, maybe you get him in there with Roman. Maybe you put those creative forces together. Maybe break and learn a thing or two about how to actually structure <laughs> a three act narrative. You know. Yeah. It's not the entire, and, and uh, you know, a gimmick is one thing. A gimmick is a pitch meeting, mm. right? <laughs> An angle, a storyline is a narrative, right? You got to go, you got to have somewhere to go and you got to know when you're going to get there. Maybe, maybe putting those things together will end up paying off. Maybe it'll be like chocolate and peanut butter, you know? But I, I think that at a minimum, I don't think there's a lot to be lost. And I, I just don't think, I think with Bray and Karrion Cross is actually, it is another example. You can let them go out there and just wrestle people. You can let them just go out there and do their thing. But the, by the nature of Bray Wyatt's character, it does feel like he has to be motivated. He needs motivation, right? That's the difference between a cool entrance and a and a match that people actually care to see. Right. Um. So I, I don't mind it. I didn't see those rumors though. So I'm just kind of speaking off the cuff here. I would. I think that it's. I think that. You can shotgun him in the main event. Let's do it. Let's see what Bray's got. And guess what? If it doesn't work, if it just doesn't work, Roman Reigns can powerbomb him through a table and we'll never see the dude again. Hey man, it's happened before. I mean, you could you could you could make the the kayfabe storyline that Roman Reigns essentially killed the fiend. So maybe the fiend is the person who returns and 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 takes I did on. see those rumors a while back that they're thinking about returning to the fiend. Some of it was like a merch decision and whatever. Two well, things. they put him in the new 2K23 as downloadable content. The Fiend? Yeah. So, well, Bray Wyatt, not necessarily The Fiend. So, Well, the the character thing has always been such so mind-boggling to me because as I've discussed on this show way too many times, to me, the interesting version of Bray Wyatt is the guy is the real, the quote-unquote, real dude who doesn't 
who has like multiple personalities, who doesn't have to just be one character, right? Mm. So may and maybe that's what they were talking about. Maybe it was misread when it trickled down to the dirt sheets or whatever. Maybe yeah, maybe they're printing fiend masks again because he's gonna you know he's gonna dip into that character a little bit. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, the, the 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 Mountain Dew match was what it was what it was, <laughs> but I didn't have a problem with that iteration of the character. Right, that creepy mask was fine and creepy to me too. Like I, uh, I'm not gonna buy any of the masks. You know, I'm certainly not gonna buy them for my four year old. <laughs> They're scary yeah, as hell. They are scary. But as I get hell. it. I mean, well, I guess, you know, dollars and cents will tell which version of him is most popular. But maybe oh, it's just who has the most popular mask. What what Brian? I said the custom belt was scary looking. I don't yeah. remember who has the custom belt. The custom belt. <laughs> I mean, listen. The custom man, the, belt the, the... is like, man, have you ever how many wrestling shirts have you bought and you were just like this will be fun to wear tonight. And then you yep. realize you get home, you pack, put it in your suitcase or you get out of the closet. You're just like, dude, I will never wear that again. Like never, ever, ever. That custom belt is like, that custom belt wouldn't even make sense at a wrestling show now. You know? <laughs> like, what was it like? $800 or some shit like that? It yeah, was like ridiculously it priced. You know? I'm like, yo, you have got to be. I got, if there's anybody who listens to that this show that actually bought the Fiend customized belt, please. At us, tweet us. What do you do with that belt right now? In the 223rd year of our Lord, what do you do with a fiend belt in your possession? Except just have it as a constant reminder of things gone wrong in your house. <laughs> That's what I want to know what you do with that belt. Because, like, listen, if it was if it was a buck fifty two hundred, I could all right, I could see that. Yeah, that shit was almost a wreck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for that damn, for that monstrosity the signature series that, that monstrosity <laughs> and it, the, the they should set up they should they should they should set up the Connor's cure donation box right next to the place where they sell the belts and every time somebody spends you know goes over like it hits that $500 mark there should be somebody whose job it is to be like really really <laughs> <laughs> no better use of this money huh okay all right you take it you're good you are so oh, good. man. Or do the reverse and just make all of the purchases donations to Connor's Cure, and then you can feel good mm -hmm. about wearing your belt. I mean, he could. But no, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, listen. Listen, I, 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 I believe get, in Bray. I, I believe, believe in Bray, in Bray the character. I just, the, I just think he's been... You ever see those memes where it's like a graph and it's like 10% uh, productivity, 90% uh, hype or something like that. Yeah. Like that's kind of what Br like Bray does. Literally everything you want in a sports entertainer, pro wrestler, well, except fucking like just cross the finish line or, or punch it through the goal line. Like he's the motherfucker. Like, like I don't know if motherfuckers like were big Eagles fans back in the day, but like you know when Darren Sproles would get like a hundred and fifty. 200 yards in a game, but then they'd hand it off to like their third back and he'd get on it and he'd just be the touchdown sort of whatever. Like he's the Darren Sproles of professional wrestling. There's all types of all purpose yards. I like how you went, yeah, you said old school <laughs> and then went to Darren Sproles and not just I mean, like, Dar listen, Darren Sproles like is Keith old school Sherman now, or man. something like that. That's how, what you thought you were going to get really, I thought you get really old there. My Here's Eagles, the thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm a huge Bray fan and and think that putting him in the main event is a great idea. Let me stipulate that. But mm -hmm. I'm not sure that it, he's getting to the goal line. I'm not sure if it was done right. What we're saying is, I think he just has like, 
he's just like he he's really good at the one-handed catch right yes. he can do a catch he, he can start the play in a way that nobody in the world he's like patrick mahomes running around ducking people behind the line of scrimmage and like you know bootlegging it out and then he, he takes the she takes the shot i'm not sure he's even cocked his arm yet if to keep it at the, to keep it as a quarterback comparison i'm not sure that we're just talking about the reception at the end of the touchdown he does a lot of he, he's the best in the world at doing what he does but I, but I'm not sure how far along that really gets you. Is and you it, say, and to say that he has everything, even if to, to give you that, he's got everything but getting across the goal line. Here's the, I don't want to make this too down because I'm very excited about the potential of coming back. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about the toolbox or like all he can do, all the things, dude, how many matches has this guy wrestled in the past five years? Maybe five. <laughs> like he's not working he might, the he house might show average. circuit. He might average a match a year at this point, like definitely. But I'm I'm talking about the other shit. I'm just talking about the no, no. I know, I know. But like that's. But if you're talking, but if you're talking about, hey, he's going to be a main eventer. You're just talking about it with Jay. I mean, are you going to give that guy the belt and let him come out and just have a spooky entrances at all the house shows? I don't know. I feel Jay, like Jay Uso is a more plausible universal champion than Roman. I mean, than 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 uh, Bray Wyatt is at this moment in time. Because we know that Jay will show up. Yes. Yes. We know that Jay checks all the boxes, right? Uh, Bray very well may be able to, but we just, like, there's a lot of question marks. There's just, we just don't know right now. And as much as I would love, I mean, there's a lot of other boxes too. I really hope that they use the, they bring the fiend out solely for like um, make a wish visits, like all the, all those things that a world champion has to do. I want my favorite wrestler, Bray Wyatt, to be there. And he just shows up in a terrifying mask, just <laughs> screams at all the kids. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it's, you're right. But you're right. It's a, it, what, what we've seen before and what we what we just freak out, I mean, get off on is this is a very incomplete presentation. Yeah. And it's easy for us in pro wrestling to be like, well, they didn't let him finish. Right. They didn't give the whole they did. They they changed the story because that's what we always complain about with WWE. They changed their mind. So how are we? How can we judge the wrestler? But I think that there's a lot that we can. I mean, we've seen Bray. This we've seen this with Bray so many times, you know. And and we just don't know. We don't know. We don't know what a. We don't know what a championship winning Bray Wyatt match looks like. You know. So uh, it's there's a lot of question marks. In some ways, though, that makes it super interesting. So what's the so what's the rumor right now that Jay, that that Roman defeats Jay at SummerSlam and then Bray Wyatt actually... the light then the lights go out and the patron saint of Detroit Michigan Bray Wyatt appears from the darkness is that is that what we're all fan of, fantasy booking here I'm I'm trying to find the actual t- uh, tweets or thread I guess that. Uh, <laughs> That started. You gotta check this. all the apps. Who's gonna invent the meta app where that just searches all your app, all, okay. all your social I think media I found features? It. Okay, according to, oh boy, I'm so I'm so I'm so mad that this is where I sourced it. But I guess wrestling chatter. Uh, they said the rumors. Oh, wrestling like, chatter. Yeah, I've, I'm so sorry that I. No offense to wrestling chatter. I'm sure they're a great thing, but I feel like oh damn. Oh, never mind. Uh, was, wrestling, said, was wrestling chatter at, at, at Rosenberg's wedding? I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But the, <laughs> uh, he says, there are rumors that the Bloodline chapter is going to close at SummerSlam and Roman Reigns will move on to a new storyline. 
Uh, it says, can't see Roman Reigns doing a storyline other than the Bloodline one because fans are very much in it. So if it happens, some WWE believes will generate attention. Da, da, da. SummerSlam 2020 was the PLE where Roman returned and attacked Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Many reports suggest Bray Wyatt is close to his return. So what if Bray Wyatt returns at SummerSlam to return the favor against <laughs> Roman? Three years to the day. I have a hard time imagining that they'll actually, if they'll actually mess up the bloodline storyline with something like that, you know, give Roman or Jay their moment at the end of the show. But yeah, eh, it's not uninteresting. No, I have uh, now just just talking through it. Now I just have serious doubts that that would ever happen. Hey, you know this great thing we've been doing for the past three years? (laughs) Let's throw in like the one thing that has just been the most uncertain thing we've done. Yeah, that much uncertainty? (laughs) For the past several years. Yeah, no. Now that I think about it, no, I I don't see it happening, wrestling chatter. I really don't. What if if Bray Wyatt's (laughs) new character is a Samoan who's a (laughs) member of the family? Bray Uso. Yeah. <laughs> like he comes out with the tribal tattoo and he does like the fucking the old school Uso entrance. He's like, Yep, that's it. <laughs> when I say Us, y'all say, oh, oh, that was my shit. I used to love that old school Uso entrance. <laughs> um, Good. Well, I'm glad we fantasy booked that. I think we spent a lot of time talking about a thing that's definitely not going to happen. L.A. Knight, uh, (laughs) let's move on to other SmackDown notes. L.A. Knight did not get on TV. Apparently, he did go out there and beat up Hit Row. uh, Without, you know, did you see that live? Yeah, no, I I just I had just missed it since I got in there. But he did come out in Tim's, apparently, which went over very well. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. uh, Two million views on YouTube. It looks like the highest rated segment on SmackDown that wasn't Bloodline affiliated uh-huh. and uh, wasn't on TV. I was shocked. I was I was legitimately shocked that LA Knight wasn't on Raw or SmackDown after, um, you know, this run to, to Money in the Bank and how hot he was. But it, it, it only it only goes to show how much momentum he has that even not on TV. He's still one of the most talked about people uh, in the company, not related to the bloodline, you know? So, um, and he didn't even do much. He just came out, said his things, hit the yeah, and got the fuck mm-hmm. out of there. Like, just gave you the hits and left, which is, I guess, a wrestler's dream night, right? <laughs> like, just come in, do your shit, and be out. But do you think there are, uh, I don't know, there's people that were definitely more upset than I was uh, that, that L.A. Knight didn't get that TV moment. What do you think, man? Do you think that was a mistake that... Well, okay, listen, there is the there is the business response, which is you saw him go out there and get cheered, yes. right? You saw the reaction that he got. We're pushing this guy as a heel right now. That's why we're not putting him out there. They messed you. Um, I am a little bit surprised just coming off money in the bank that they, you know you can see that reaction and, and decide not to do anything with it. But, I, but I mean, LA Knights, I love him to death. I'm so, I, I would have put, I would have figured out a way to put him out there. Uh, if, if you're worried about him getting cheered, you got to find someone for him to go out there and punch. Who's going to get cheered more than him. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you're worried, if, if that's, if you don't think that's doable, maybe you got to turn the guy baby face. Maybe it's time, you know, or maybe you got to stop worrying about that stuff. 
if that's indeed the argument. I mean, he seemed pretty babyface when he comes out to beat up Hit Row. I don't think, you know. No, I'm saying I that was off camera. Personally, I'm but. saying they no no, they that was the that was that was not on TV, right? They they knew he was going to get it. That's why it felt like they knew he was going to get a babyface pop, so they just gave it to him, gave that to the crowd and then they just cleared out. Yeah. And it, was the, right, it was right after he put down the Knicks too. So it was definitely like, you know, the not in my city, the 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 mm-hmm. textbook like you know, not in our this great town with the Timberland boots on. Like it made all the sense in the world. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, who is the who? Who is it? Well, no, we won't do this now. We're not going to waste any more of the show talking about the NBA. But next, <laughs> but when we get together on Thursday, I want you to tell me your top five Tom Thibodeau guys, the Tom Thibodeau <laughs> wrestlers, guys who you think could, could stand up to the eighty-two game, forty-one minutes a night grind. <laughs> Gosh, I got a I got a short list. I got a short list of uh, and, guys. and just all about the defense, all about the fundamentals, all about commitment. You can tell tell me what you think. Uh, anyway, LA Knight probably not one of those guys. LA Knight's a LA Knight's the sort of guy that that Tibbs would trade for less than market value. Well, I mean, the the, the rumors are. I mean, are we doing? I, I don't want to do what the rumors are again, but I mean, God, why why not? I don't know what you're waiting on with this Austin Theory LA Knight thing at this point, right? Like it just kind of seems like Well, who Austin know, Theory wrestled? Who did Austin Theory wrestle? Uh Sheamus. Uh, oh, that's for, right. So for, it looks like they're doing a Austin Theory and Pretty Deadly versus Brawling Brutes mm-hmm, gimmick. Mhm. Which on the one hand I get like in terms of just Standing out from the crowd. Yeah, let's get a trio's feud going, you know? Like, yeah. that could be at the, on the card or whatever. But I, you know what I think about Austin Theory and Pretty Deadly? Just not particularly... It, like them all, love Pretty Deadly. Not really sure about the pairing. Or the grouping, sorry. And um, and from a purely practical point of view, it's like, in real life, Brawling Brutes... The Brawling Brutes might run as a trio, but, like, if you're running around looking for fights, you're not just waiting until the next... Three threesome of dudes shows up to get into a fight, right? Like you can hate, <laughs> you can get mad at people who work by work alone or work in tag teams too. Right, right. And that part right. of it's a little bit corny, but uh, I agree. I would do. LA, I mean, La Knight and La Knight and Austin Theory would get would be crazy. People would be excited about it. You know, put those two put those two in a feud and let Austin Theory just win for a while. You know, yeah. let Austin Theory get the like win by a nose, like cheat to win, do whatever you got to do. Um, I think you could have you would get so much freaking heat, man. I mean, it could it, that could it could be a lot of fun. So yeah, who uh, we'll see we'll see what they do because uh, LA Knight's not doing anything. You know, Austin Theory's not doing anything too exciting. Um, we're a couple other interesting things on SmackDown. Uh, the EO Sky near Cashin I thought was really fun. Um, well, Bailey I guess is the gimmick is the idea that Bailey spoiled the Cashin by getting. Tripped up by Bianca Belair. Is that where we're going to go? Or are they just kind of going for Bailey's really actually supportive now? Ah, man, I, I, I couldn't tell you. It did feel like because of how long the Bloodline story ran, that seemed like the most rushed sort of. Oh, for sure. Okay, we got to just get these motherfuckers out here real quick. So I don't know if we're going to get, if we got that much of a, of, of a progression in the story because of that but it did seem like that's what they're leaning towards right like it, it seems like they're gonna lean towards Bailey sort of being like her close eo's closest hater you know what i mean like they'll stay friends they'll stay you know in in each other's sort of like 
line of sight. But Bailey might be like the person who's low key fucking it up for EO because oh. you know, EO kind of fucked it up for Bailey. Sure. At Money in the Bank. So, like, why wouldn't she? Even though they're still sort of frenemies, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they, whatever. I mean, they're Dakota Kai is not around. They're kind of all each other has left. Right. So, I don't know. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, the, oh, I'm, I'm rewatching it right now as we're talking about this. Yeah. Bailey just drove, just drove Oscar's head into the briefcase, setting up the, yeah, it's the top rope move. It's good. This it's it's great stuff. Um, but speaking of young guys who we like, Grayson Waller had a match against Edge. How how was that? Your live? boy, I, uh, it was. He was actually he did pretty well, man. I, I enjoyed the match live. I, I love that Edge kind of put him over at the end and said you swam uh, while while walking out. Um, and Grayson Waller kind of. I hate lazy comparisons, but I'm about to make one real quick, like. Isn't Grayson Waller everything I thought Austin Theory was going to be with the mm-hmm. selfie era? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but he's kind of already got it nailed down, and it seems a little bit more legitimate. He seems from... like he's he seems comfortable in his skin. He seems so, like he yes. knows what he's doing. You know, yes. Like he has, you know. I always they did they did it with NXT and Carmelo Hayes, right? Like they kind of they 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 kind of put you or put these guys in situations where it's like, all right. We got to pass the eye test first. And I think Carmelo A's passed the eye test with like Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins and the Judgment Day now. And it's like, okay, this guy looks like he belongs. And I think even Grayson Waller had like a tougher eye test to pull off because, you know, in one week he's in there with John Cena and Edge. And he looked like if I was just watching WWE for the first time this past week, I would think this dude's been on TV for the past, you know, two or mm-hmm. three years. You know what I mean? And, you know, and and he's still kind of getting his sea legs under him as far as like confidence is concerned. But his character is so well defined of being sort of this arrogant sort of influencer uh, that when he got into his match, he lost. Yeah, but like that's what you want. Like that's how you know the dude's ready. Like he got he got people who I mean, you know, I, I, New York is definitely a good wrestling crowd, but he got people that were absolutely knew who Edge was. Wanting Edge to see kick, want to see Edge kick his ass, right? Like, yeah. like for like running through the retirement uh, announcement and just sort of like uh, shitting on him, shitting on New York City, all that type of stuff, and getting that many people to want to see you get your ass kicked that quickly is a talent in itself, and he did. So he could have lost the match, but he definitely. I'm glad he's back wrestling. I'm glad he's healthy, and he, he definitely. Uh, he, he he swam like Ed said. I think he's got a, a, a shit ton of potential, man. I mean, he could work the "I'm the new guy" and "fu legend" gimmick, not legend killer, but he could just like the loudmouth new guy gimmick for like two years, and for it sure. would be fine for sure. Um, but the thing is, he's just really good at being a pro wrestler. You know, and you can see WWE has faith in him, and they should whatever. But like, he's he just. I mean, he's had moments in NXT too, man. Like, it's not like he was just a talker. Like, he's had no, some. No, he's great, a great. He's a really good worker. He's a really good worker, worker man. Yeah. And I and I and I and I. He's perfect for WWE. I mean, he's, he's got gonna the good be size too. Like, he's he, got the good size, and I, and I, I mean, at the risk of belaboring this point to an uncomfortable degree, <clears throat> he's put on a lot of. He's not a lot. He's put on some muscle. Some let's say he's put on. He's 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 put on some mass since he debuted. Yes, and it's all practical stuff. It's all practical mass. Like he's not just; these aren't just like show muscles. 
Yes. Look at the look at the go do a side by side. The way he looks different is like the parts of your body where you fall, right? I mean, he just looks <laughs> and he's just thicker. You know, yeah. he's just more practical. He's more practically built than he was when we first popped up on NXT. Can we get into um, a little threat talk? A little threat talk? Sure. I'm glad, I'm glad he kind of remixed the boxing shorts a little bit. The boxing shorts, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of for a minute mm-hmm. in NXT. But well, I and, wasn't either. I mean, when he first came out. I was just, I, told, I think I said this to his face. I was like, who is this skinny kid? Like, what's he supposed to be? Yeah, they, they almost look more like and one shorts. I don't know if you guys had and one shorts back in the day in like the early yeah. 2000s, but they just look so big. Yeah. All the, I was like, no, he oh. did remix them a little bit. Back, but by the way, I came around on the shorts because I was like, at least he stands out. And at least he's yes. like, there's not, like if he just walks out, you're like, is this guy's gimmick that he's a boxer? I get that. But at the end of the day, it all holds together. You it watch does. this, you go watch this guy work. He stands out. And it just, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, the biggest difference between him and everybody else is that he doesn't feel like a guy who's being a wrestler, who's like pl- trying to be a wrestler, despite the fact that he's more over the top than a lot of the dudes that you could compare him to. Mm-hmm. You know, he just feels like everything's, he, it's, he's fully formed, you know? I mean, he's, he's just a really, he, he's, it's really impressive. They're doing good work down there in that performance center, man. They, they are, can, they are, but it's a, but a lot of credit needs to go to him because he's yeah. not, because they're doing a lot of work on everybody. And of all of the people, if you said, let's make the list of like the top 10 guys who were, who were in NXT at NXT 2.0 and you're like, okay, can you see them in the main event at WrestleMania next year? Right? Yeah, you could see like, or we don't have to say WrestleMania. That's just too fraught. SummerSlam next year. Could you see them in the main event match? You could be like, oh, yeah, I could see doing Braun Breaker versus Roman Reigns, if that's who it is or whatever. It's like, you know, champion, ex-champion versus champion. It's, but it's all about the gimmick. It's about the story, and you could tell. Grayson Waller might be the only one who's just like, I could see him actually just like talking his way into that match. You know, he actually performing his way into that spot. I don't know. I think it's really cool. I thought him and Edge were an incredible pairing. I hope we see more of it. Yeah. I'm I'm big on Grayson Waller, man. Like, he just got that thing. He's got that same thing that LA Knight sort of got, where it's just like, mm-hmm. man, this motherfucker just got it. Like, he'll figure out all the other shit. But, like, yeah. he just, he's, he's got that, that, that connection and, and charisma, whether good or bad, is something you can't teach. And if you got that shit, everything else you can figure out. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, the it's list like if, of guys with that level of it factor, of that level of charisma, is incredibly short. But the, and, but I will say it: the list of guys that seem to like spring from the womb, fully f- fully formed, is mm. incredibly short. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I'm trying to remember, like, have memories of people of like people's first appearance or their first appearance in like getting the big push. It's sure. it's uncommon. It's like Macho Man Randy Savage, and you know Barry Windham, and I mean, like, it's it's really it, the list is very elite. I mean, and, I, and, I, and I don't mean that he's going to get there, but it's not a lot of people do that, man. The best example of fully formed character the first time I see you is always been like Razor Ramon to me, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. The first time Razor Ramon popped on my TV screen, I'm like, I know exactly what this guy does. I know exactly what he stands for. And he immediately, immediately felt like a main eventer. What's up, mini shoes? Hold on. I'll take this off so you can hear <laughs> Mini shoes. What's hey, up, hi, Aubrey? Hi. How you doing, Aubrey? Did you like SmackDown this week? <laughs> did you watch? Whoa. You didn't watch wrestling this week, did you? Did you oh. see any wrestlers? No. Did you play with your wrestlers? <laughs> no. 
Who who's your favorite wrestler toy? One who paints the face. Oh, there's plenty. Jeff okay. Hardy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. who doesn't love Jeff Hardy? Can you go like this? <laughs> That's what you do. Go this. Not there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, Jeff Hardy. The kids love Jeff Hardy, man. That's awesome. Yeah, Jeff Hardy's got a hundred percent approval rating over <laughs> That's <here>. right. <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked enough. Congratulations, Peter Rosenberg and Natalie. Uh, congratulations, Jay Uso, on getting that main event spot. Do you want to get your plugs in, Kaz? Uh, man, I'm chilling, man. You know, catch me on count at Points Bet USA, talking all summer league hoops until we are done for the summer. Uh, still taking some time off from Say Less and sort of restructuring that whole thing. But in the meantime, you can catch me on WWE Ultimate on Peacock. Catch me on uh, This Is Awesome as well. And uh, you might see me on some more WWE television uh, very, very soon. So it uh, should be a good... Like on Monday Night Raw? Or... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Things are things are in motion. I'll say that. You can catch me here. You can catch me on the Press Box. Be sure to listen to Brian on Wednesday Worldwide. Yes, sir. And all the other good shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. We got some exciting stuff planned. Um, I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening so much. Thank you to Super Producer Brian Waters, as always. Uh, And as always, apologies to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, humanoids. Say bye-bye, Aubrey. (laughs) Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.